0: Thank you so much, Shreya, for having the uh, joining me on this conversation. <laughs> it's really great to see that even in the first line I am mumbling. But let's see where it goes. Uh, Shreya, uh, whoever is uh, watching Shreya for the first time on my channel, she is a self-love coach, designer, writer, poet, and a couple of other things too. So <laughs> where are you right now in your life?
1: Dipanshu, I think I am... At a phase where I'm trying to experiment and trying to find that sweet spot. Like you mentioned, I do a bunch of things, you know, like writing and designing and I have a podcast and so many things are going on. So I'm just trying to find that sweet spot for myself and uh, it's been nice. I, I I am home after so many years, so I'm enjoying that kind of life.
0: So, uh... About this experimentation phase, I personally have loved it really, really well. You know, from the, my childhood, I have been involved in multiple experiments. So uh, be it, you know, like on your sleep or on your food, diet or, you know, whatever. Uh, what are the current experiments that, you know, you are involved in, that in like within this week that you are currently doing? Uh, I'm trying to
1: find that right time to sleep and get up because my schedule is pretty messed up. Uh, I love writing at night because there are no distractions and uh, I I just stay awake till 3 sometimes because I'm sleeping I'm sorry I'm reading or I'm watching something or I'm writing so you know I don't feel like sleeping I, I, you know yeah. like because I get up late so I'm just trying to build a routine or a schedule for myself because right now it's kind of abstract like I'm living like a free artist I do whatever whenever I want to because I have the liberty to do so but I, I know to sustain that for a longer period of time you need to create systems and you need to have a routine and discipline so I'm trying to build that
0: so uh, are you a night out yeah I am Okay, and have you uh, figured out yet your optimal sleep time? Like optimal as in uh, how many hours if you sleep, you know, you are going to work best the other day. What's that count for you?
1: So I at least need eight hours, but I can manage with four or five hours too. I, you know, I, I studied in NIFT and we have rigorous jury exams and in during juries we have to We literally work for uh, 20 hours. So during those days, we used to survive in two hours of sleep. So I'm coming from that phase. So I think I can manage anything. But uh, like to have a productive day, I need at least six hours to be myself.
0: So uh, because you mentioned, you know, you need six hours to be yourself, but you have also worked at four hours, but your optimal is, you know, like eight hours a day. So how many, uh, like, if I have to, you know, if you have to rate it, give it a score. So if, uh, you know, eight hours of sleep is 10 by 10, how much will be six hours of sleep or four hours of sleep when you are, you know, how active you are in your work?
1: I think uh, six would be eight because once I get up and once I take a cold shower, I'm a new person. So uh, then I have a cup of coffee and I become normal. So. I have learned to find that, you know, find that place where I can work with less sleep. So I think uh, for me, six hours would be eight on 10 and four hours would be somewhere around six-ish.
0: Got it, got it. Uh, And do you sleep in one stretch or is it polyphysic or something?
1: No, one stretch, yeah.
0: One stretch. And, uh, has it always been one stretch or is it, you know, kind of a, uh, what do you call it? Drawback of being in corporate. No,
1: no, no. I, when I sleep, I just sleep. So I don't uh, remember, or I, I don't remember anything like
0: that. Because I remember in my college time, you know, I started working as a freelancer in, you know, like my last year of college. And I used to take a nap, like half an hour or one hour nap, uh, during, after my lunch, and I started sleeping only in one stretch because I joined corporate. Because you know, you don't have time at that time. <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, I have uh, uh, not just me, but a lot of uh, who is watching. And obviously, you have your own YouTube channel, you have your own podcast, you are quite active on a lot of social media channels. Uh, you have shared your self love journey, you have shared your career you know how you switched careers and how you're still experimenting stuff Uh, where did it all start what do you think you know like that was the moment when you started shifting bit by bit okay
1: that's a very good question for me it started when i got into college you know uh my, my parents, they separated when I was 16 and it was a terrible blow for me. And that's when, uh, you know, when you go through some suffering, when the, you go through these the turmoil, you uh, um, you look at life in a very different perspective. You look at it with a totally new perspective. So after that, I moved to Bangalore and I, uh, you know, I, uh, from Hopal to Bangalore, that was a big move. And I was uh, not very comfortable. I, I was bullied in college and a lot of things were happening. And at that point, uh, I was reading a lot of self-help books. I was uh, watching some videos and everything. I was trying to find a way to get into a situation where I can lead my life and not become a victim. So uh, I just started writing on Quora at that time. I was just sharing my stories, you know, I was talking about self confidence, I was talking about what it feels like when you're shy, I was talking about what it feels like to move from a small city to a big metropolitan and how you deal with these situations and I was going away from home after so many years and I it was difficult because i don't I, I didn't even have any local guardian and i was like my own you know savior so if i was sick i had to take myself to the doctor i mean i had friends but you know they have their yeah. own lives and you can't depend on anyone and that's when i started understanding that life uh, is a one-player game you know life is a one-player game and, and that just changed the whole territory of my life and I started then I got into the rabbit hole of you know finding out about uh, uh, self-love and how you can change your whole life by understanding the concept of it and by building a healthy relationship with yourself and ever since then I'm just trying to document my journey and share my journey because I have learned that When I was going through that phase and I was dealing with all of that, I had nobody to look up to. And at that time, there were no podcasts, there were no YouTube channels like today. So I'm just trying to be what I didn't have when I was going through
0: all of those. Uh, So when you were sharing your uh, journey, uh, there's, you know, like a sub part that I would want to ask is uh, you mentioned that you have a belief that uh, life is a one segment, what, what were the words?
1: One player game.
0: Uh, do you believe this belief is going to stay for a long time or do you think it's going to upgrade a little?
1: Obviously, it's going to upgrade. I, not like entirely, but uh, I know that a partner and a community is very important, but slowly, I think it's going to be uh, a very significant Part
0: of my life. I understand. Uh, And you also, so I, again, this is, you know, coming from my personal experience that I would want to ask is, so you mentioned that you were bullied bullied in your childhood, right? I was bullied in my teenage years as well. And personally, what I did, uh, because I was bullied, I was traumatized. I had a lot of, you know, series of bullying incidents or other traumatic experience. So after a few years or months of, or whatever, what I did, I passed it on to others. Like I was bullied, and then at certain time I was the bully, and I was obviously doing it unconsciously for a long time, and that's what I did. You know, all the trauma I got in my relationships, I pa- I passed it on to my partners, in, you know, in the next relationships. Uh, again, some people, you know, go through this kind of phase, and some people go through, you know traumatizing themselves even more
1: yeah yeah
0: were you the second kind of person
1: no i was none of them i in fact i turned inward it was not bad it was actually i'm very grateful for my buddhiza you know because it made me look within myself if uh, i was made fun of because of the way i looked and because of the way, way i spoke So it made me look at myself, it gave me a chance to become a better person to become a better version of myself. So I think it was a positive change for me.
0: Got it. I totally understand. Uh, Tell me a little about your journey going from Bhopal to Bangalore. When did you move?
1: Uh, I think it was 2013.
0: Okay, 2013. And uh, it was because of uh, your college was in Bangalore? Yes. Okay, great. And so I'm I'm just actually having a lot of questions in my mind at the moment about this very particular thing. What has been the greatest support in that journey? Greatest support? I think
1: Uh, although my family was uh, here in Mopal but they've been like a rock you know my mom is my best friend and she has always supported me so even though they were not there with me uh, in Bangalore but they were always emotionally and mentally supporting me and rooting for me and apart from that I built some really good relationship in Bangalore like friends I built like a family in Bangalore. So they were, you know, when I was going through something, so there were people who were taking care of me and I'm very grateful for those connections.
0: Did you also meet someone, you know, like a partner kind of person who helped you in that time?
1: No, I when I was in college, I was uh, most of the part, I was single, but uh, I mean, yeah, mostly single
0: got it. And, uh, so think about it because it's an interesting question. I usually ask a lot of people, uh, what has been your, you know, like privilege that you see a lot of people don't have not the common ones mm-hmm. that, you know, like, uh, I have food to eat or, or that kind of stuff, not the common, yeah. one, but something that, you know, you have seen in yourself, but not in a lot of people.
1: Uh, I was actually thinking about it yesterday. Uh, I, I am currently reading this book called uh, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant Okay. by Eric Georgeson. And uh, he uh, wrote about happiness and pain. Uh, and he wrote about how suffering is so important to to help you see the real reality of our world. And I think that is very true. Every entrepreneur you see, every person that you truly admire who has done something great in their lives has been, has been, uh, what inspired them was their pain and suffering. It's been the inspiration of what what they went through in their past. So for me, I've seen a lot of pain in my life, early in my life. And that has, been a not not start for me you know so that's made me into someone i am today that's allowed me to talk about so many things that i talk about it made me write my books start my channel start my podcast so the pain that killed me once has made me what i am today and i'm very grateful for those events
0: thank you for sharing that and uh how did you turn from a... Were you a fashion designer?
1: I studied fashion communication. I wanted to become a fashion stylist. But then I ended up becoming a marketing designer. And I tried a bunch of things in between.
0: Yeah, so how did that shift happen?
1: Uh, so, <laughs> it's a long story. But I I studied engineering for nine months. And I I didn't... I. I felt like it wasn't for me because I was not fascinated by numbers or coding or anything in that sort so that's when I had a notion that I like design and I like photography and at that point of time I was really uh, into you know fashion styling so that was the that was the Idea which made me move from Bhopal to Bangalore and I uh, got into NIFT Bangalore, which is uh, one of the best uh, college, design colleges in India. Yeah. So, uh, when I went there, and uh, the fashion communication is that course which allows you to experiment a lot. So, there are different subjects in the course, like th- there is fashion. Uh, styling, fashion photography, visual merchandising, graphic designing, marketing, costume costume, something, and so many things. So when I uh, landed there, I wanted to be a fashion stylist. And then I did some projects and I worked on some ads for big brands and all that. And I learned that, uh, you know, after you dry your hand, you understand that it's not what it looks like it looks very glamorous from outside but actually it's a very uh, tricky business you know when you actually have to do it and I tried different things and I learned that I would rather have uh, something which is uh, which is uh, which is good for me like I'm an introvert I used to be so that's when I picked up graphic designing and I liked doing it because I was not dependent on anyone. I just had to design, sit on my computer, and do it. So that happened. So from fashion styling to graphic designing and then marketing designing, so many things.
0: And, uh, okay, again, so many questions. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> moment. So, uh, okay, uh, how, when was this when you, you know, graduated? From being a fashion stylist?
1: Uh 2017, four year
0: course. And uh so just list the kind kind of things that you have tried. One of them is, you know, like graphic designing. What else?
1: So uh, <laughs> uh I uh, so when I got into college, I made the first two years, I didn't do anything, I didn't talk to people, I, I was like this break in the wall, nobody knew who Shreya Bodunya was. But in the third year something happened and i was like i people should know that i was here people should know that i i know what teachers are teaching and what they're talking about and you know i told you that i was shy in college so third year was a change for me i I took a note to myself that I'm going to be answering all the questions. I'm going to be an active part of the class. So I remembered after that, I made sure that I tried a bunch of different things because I knew that college life is the best time of your life. and You have so much liberty. You have no responsibilities. So after classes, I would go to the library, I would uh, study, I would talk to my faculty. In fact, I became friends with some of my faculty people. And then I, uh, during weekends, we would uh, organize events. I would help my friends with uh, fashion photo shoots. I would help them with makeup. I tried modeling for my seniors. So being in a fashion college, it allowed me to do a lot of things. So... uh, and i did styling when i was in fourth year so in the end of the year we have this uh, graduation program so uh, for, the, for the last 6 months of college you have to work in the industry so those last 6 months i spent working for a fashion uh, for a spanish fashion photographer based in gurgaon mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, i was an in-house stylist and production in charge so that time i tried my hand in styling and it was fun I enjoyed it but then I wanted something more and so I moved to graphic designing and in the meantime I was writing on Quora and I was trying content writing and creating stuff on
0: Instagram so yeah what has been the most surprising profession that you have tried and you have earned some money from like you never thought that you know even this thing could bring me some money or I could do this kind of thing
1: I uh, I did makeup for my friends for a wed- wedding photography shoot <laughs> and they paid me for it and uh, it, I couldn't believe it because <laughs> I don't know it was a weird experience but my friends they couldn't find anyone at the last minute and they were like Shreya please we need your help so I said okay and it was funny because uh, I am not I don't do a lot of makeup and I don't even understand that, but I somehow managed to do something for
0: (laughs) them. Interesting. So uh, I know this because obviously I know you personally, uh, that right now you are focusing a lot on writing, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tell us a little bit about like, what is your focus specifically in writing? What kind of writing and how many hours are you spending every day?
1: so uh you know i started writing when i was really young so it started for me as journaling uh so i've been writing for myself since i was 12 and then i started writing on quora and um, a bunch of things happened but uh because of uh, instagram because of uh, youtube and job i stopped writing so the only thing that i was writing for the last uh, three, four years was my Instagram captions or Coda answers there and there. And I realized that if I want to write, if I want to be a writer, that means I have to put in the effort. I have to write good stuff. Writing a, in, writing an Instagram caption doesn't count when you truly want to be a writer. That's when I stopped writing on Coda for a while. And then I got to know about Medium and I, I've been reading it like I, I I just love the platform so much and the content is amazing. And I was thinking the other day whether what what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my life? And I understood that for me, telling my story is very important, and that's what I've been doing. And the easiest way to tell my story is through words because that's how i started telling my story so yeah. even if i produce a video even if i produce a podcast today the first thing that goes and uh, goes in work is writing a script for it and anything you do for that matter the first thing that you would have to do is uh, brainstorm or write about it create a script edit it and then shoot it so i was anyway right writing but i just didn't Share it uh, with everyone. I didn't do it strategically. So that's what I've decided that if I want to be a writer, then I have to write every day and I have to write good stuff. A LinkedIn caption or an Instagram caption doesn't count.
0: Okay. And uh, for how long are you writing these days? Like how many hours? On average. Or do you have a fixed schedule?
1: I don't have a fixed schedule. But I write... uh, at least 2,000 words a day. Like, I try to, but 1,000 definitely. And I try, uh, I aim to write 2,000 words a day.
0: Okay. Uh, now, uh, the point you mentioned, uh, I would say it's, you know, like it's a personal opinion of yours. I don't think I agree. You know, like, if you are serious about writing, you should always write long form. Uh, so I attended this storytelling workshop from Sandeep Kochar. He's an amazing storyteller. And he never writes outside LinkedIn. He always writes, you know, those 1300 characters worth of posts, like twice a day, every morning. Uh, and he mentioned, and I was really surprised to, you know, listen, that he said, I tried like a couple of times, but it really helps when I write, you know, within that constraint. And I'm not the kind of person who will write a book. I'm the kind of person who will tell you stories, who will, you know, evoke some emotions within those 1300 words of constraint. So, uh, I, why I'm raising this point, because I write, I tried writing on medium for a long time, like uh, in October last year, like uh, six months ago, I published 25 posts on medium in a month. And each of those posts were, you know, like, again, on average, a 1000 words or 1200 words. But I, did not enjoy writing that as much as i enjoy writing you know linkedin post i am writing again you know on linkedin maybe two three four times a day so i'd say it's a personal preference and earlier it used to be you know like a black and white kind of thing if you have written a book you are a writer if you have not you're not a writer or you know you have to be published in a newspaper to be called a writer or something and with the new channels and platforms we are having like, you know, again, podcasting videos or Instagram or LinkedIn and all that stuff. Uh, it's great. You know, it's interesting to see how the definition of being a writer is changing. Because even as, uh, you know, writing those LinkedIn posts of 1300 characters, I'm pretty sure, you know, Sandeep Kocher has written so many more than those people who have written a book or two. So just
1: absolutely interesting. Yeah, that, <laughs> absolutely. And I think uh, that was from my own, uh, you know, that was my own definition. And that's what I wanted to do because I know so many great writers who only write on Twitter. And Twitter, you can't write more than 300, 280 characters, but still they are writer. So for me that I, want, I am uh, more into long form articles because... Uh, what I want to convey takes a lot of uh, yeah. words. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Great. So, uh, going from writing, uh, you have also have you tried entrepreneurship yet, or is it in a bucket list so far?
1: I have. I I mean, I launched my journal business okay. last to last year.
0: Yes. Yes. And
1: I have tried a few things, but nothing uh, long-term. Like, I'm almost, I'm trying, that's what I told you. Like, I'm trying to find that sweet spot where I can include all my passions into one thing and, you know, start a company. So I'm working on that.
0: So how do you know, you know, when to switch from one passion or one uh, experiment to the other? Do you have a criteria where you, you know, evaluate that, okay, this is it or this is enough or is it not working or maybe I need to you know, focus less on this or I need to stop this. Do you have a criteria on that?
1: Mm, there are a lot of questions in that one question. I think, uh, uh, so see, you get 24 hours a day
0: yeah. in
1: a day and how you spend it determines everything. So previously, I, I would get overwhelmed with the amount of work I had but I've now learned to segregate it and, you know, prioritize what's working out for me. And since you are, a, you know, a creative person, has many so, uh, many uh, ways to show his creativity. So if you are a musician, it's not just music that you're producing. You're also uh, writing. You're also listening to uh, good you know good music like you can't just uh, put yourself in a container container and just take that shape you you try to experiment and you try to find out what are the other channels where you can infuse that creativity and i think that's what i've that's what i've been trying to do and uh, For me, writing is priority, but everything is interrelated, you know, if you look at it closely. So if I'm writing, that means I'm also working on my podcast because what I'm writing, I can produce it in uh, a podcast format. And I'm also designing like what goes around, what is the visual uh, element that I want to introduce in that writing. So design happens and then storytelling happens.
0: So, everything is just correlated. Okay. Uh, I'm just, you know, like uh, understanding what you all mentioned that, you know, it's not always black and white that project one stops and the project two starts. It's sometimes that project ones, you know, if you're uh, investing 10 hours a day in project one, you start investing five hours a day in it and then you start project two, who goes, you know, like uh, complementary to it. Yeah right? Yeah. Great. So uh, you have tried entrepreneurship as well, uh, as you mentioned, and I believe this is going to be something that you're going to, you know, probably scale up a little in the future. Do you have any thoughts? Yes,
1: definitely. Yeah. I mean, I I want to have my own company, but I don't want to rush into anything because I see a lot of people, they try to get into entrepreneurship because they want to be on both 30 under 30. <laughs> And people want to get, uh, become b- millionaires and whatnot, but I think uh, good companies, you can only build them once you have enough experience and I'm, I'm rather too young for that. So I would like to explore, you know, at least the first 30 years of my life. I want to try different things. I want to uh, explore new opportunities and then, f- then spend some time, or time on finding what I can bring to the world.
0: So, what is on your list? What other things that you are planning to explore?
1: Uh, I, yes, I think I would uh, get into self improvement plus tech. So, I would uh, I would like to explore that part, you know, because. Technology is taking the world. And uh, if I can introduce technology in what I talk about, that would be a golden nugget.
0: I see. That's interesting. Uh, okay. We all have a little crazy year in 2020. <laughs> what has been your highlights in that year?
1: Khana. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah uh, i think people had that luxury to enjoy you know home food homemade food
1: seriously so after 2013 this is the first time i've stayed home for, for a year almost a year so that's like a golden opportunity for me so i'm very grateful for that because otherwise i usually come home for like a week or maybe 10 days and that's not enough because you feel like you are a guest so by the time you get a uh, by the time you adjust with the homeliness and the environment, it's time to go back. So yeah, that was that that was a
0: highlight. Okay, great. And um, any particular lesson that you learned in twenty twenty that you wouldn't have otherwise learned? Yeah
1: you you need little to survive very little and i used to think that i can't survive without pizza like seriously i would have weekly cravings pizza cravings i love pizza but when we couldn't order anything when you just have to when you just had to eat food at home and you couldn't go out or couldn't do anything that's when you realize that all the things that you were trying to do trying to achieve doesn't matter really (laughs)
0: that was like oh. <laughs> and did you so a lot of people went through some kind of you know uh, fitness journey like either they lost weight or they you know gained weight i belong to those people who gained extra weight due to lockdown so did your weight change in any way
1: I think uh, in the beginning, I gained some, then I lost some, then I gained some, then I lost some. So I don't know. It's just going on
0: a sign curve for me. So uh, I asked this because, you know, uh, I'm one of those kind who really like working out in the gym. I don't know. It's, you know, just something that uh, it gives me, you know, like a chance to move out of from my home and, you know, go out and be somewhere else. So it was a really new experience. I I ordered, you know, dumbbells and barbell, but I just could not move myself to work out a lot. (laughs) So I gained a couple of kgs. Anyway, uh, are you working out these days? What do you do? Yoga, calisthenics, strength training?
1: Yoga yoga and I love running, but I'm not going out. So I do some yoga. I go for walks. That's, that's, Most of it, yeah. Every day? Almost every day.
0: How many hours or like half an hour or something?
1: No. I think uh, 10 minutes to 35 minutes. So it also depends on my sleep cycle because I get up late because I sleep late. So in the evening, uh, I try to do some workout or yoga.
0: Okay. Have you always been a yoga person? Or have you tried other
1: forms? No. I, I, I have never been to, the, to a gym. I just do everything at my own pace. So I, I've been uh, running. So I love running. So that's what and I, I make sure that I eat healthy and I think that's what keeping me fit, I guess. Okay. So uh,
0: I'm interested in you know knowing this part so what personally happened with me I went through depression and anxiety and uh, during that phase you know when I uh, made this habit of unhealthy eating like binge eating and binge watching and you know all that kind of stuff uh, that's how you know I coped with my uh, uneasy emotions what did you do when you went through those uh, really low phases in your life what was your idea?
1: I <laughs> So that's what, like, I, I preach about journaling all the time because I've experienced the effects. It's mind-blowing. There's nothing that you can't, uh, I mean, not nothing, but I think 90% of your problems can be solved if you just put them down on a piece of paper.
0: Yeah. So you have been, you know, blessed with that kind of, you know, column where people uh, have coping healthy coping mechanisms
1: yes yeah
0: great uh, so uh, talk to me a little about the kind of journaling you have done so obviously we know you know there are so many different kinds of journaling one of them being you know the morning pages that's free-flowing or then there are journaling prompts and then there is diary writing or something so what have you uh, done so far
1: I've done almost all kinds of journaling. I started with, uh, you know, I started with writing down my problems because that's what made me start journaling. So I once uh, listed down everything that was bothering me. And then I tried uh, gratitude journaling. Then I I sometimes use my own book, Silver Lining Journal, which has a lot of prompts. So I use that sometimes. And... Uh, note-taking, I use it for planning, budgeting, counting my blas- blessings, which I think we have covered. And uh, every morning I write my vision statement. So that is another form. Bullet journaling, I, yeah, I sometimes do. So like bunch of things as per my requirement.
0: And have you done meditation as well? Like, have you had a habit of doing meditation
1: uh i i've been on and off doing it for the past two years so i think i would i would give myself seven out of ten because i miss out uh, on some days but yeah meditation is one thing that i want to be very uh, particular about i want it i want to include it in my day every single day
0: and what kind of meditation do you do? So obviously, I, I have uh, coached a lot of people on building meditation habit, and there are so many meditation types. One of them is Zen meditation, you know, where you uh, focus on your breath, and then there is uh, chanting and mantra meditation, which is quite popular in Buddhism. Uh, a complete sect of Buddhism, Nichiren Buddhism, they meditate in form of chanting. Uh, they chant one. Uh, particular sentence and then there is visualization meditation then there is like there are so many other meditation types as well what has been your meditation type
1: i have tried most of them i currently i'm doing transcendental meditation and i i often do sometimes i get enough time and i'm i when i feel that i'm feeling overwhelmed and when i need something then i do some chanting meditation, I do some guided meditation before sleeping. So I think I've tried all of them. But currently, I'm only focusing on transcendental meditation.
0: Great. And uh, I know this because I've uh, read a lot of your posts on LinkedIn about content creation. So what is something that you really strongly believe in about content creation that you know, you want to just stand on the roof of a building and shout out to the world?
1: content creation is your digital footprint nobody is going to check your cv and like the first thing that we do like the first thing if i like a person or if i want to know about a company the first thing i do is i google them and if i don't find them on google i i I doubt their existence so if you want to be known for something, for your work, for your service, you've got to create your digital resume. And that's what content creation is all about. So for me, content creation is a slightly different ball game because I am trying to send a message, message across. I'm trying to talk about self-love. I'm trying to talk about uh, personal development, personality development and all these things. So for me, it it comes down to sharing that message and reaching as many people as I can so that they can benefit from my journey.
0: So uh, because I have a couple of questions around it, do you believe that everybody should create content? No. Because I, I'm just having this question because I have seen a lot of I have a lot of friends who are not writers, or you know, who are who probably would not want to spend a lot of time in uh, public creativity, you know, or like creativity in public. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was thinking, you know, like is Elon Musk also creating some content?
1: Uh, Elon Musk is actually, and his meme game is awesome. But I think uh, it totally depends on what you want to do. I I wouldn't want to do it at forty or fifty. Maybe, I'm just guessing. I might not want to do it at fifty. And if, if, if I am a writer and if I am someone like uh, JK Rowling, she doesn't create content because she, because she doesn't need to. If you want to be a private person and your business doesn't require you to be online, then don't do it. I see a lot of people who create content, but they don't have any end goal, which is also good. But you at least need to have some kind of notion
0: of why you are doing that. Otherwise, you're just polluting and spreading noise. Totally agree. 100% agree to that. Um, Now, because this is going to, uh, I have a lot of questions around this one topic because you are the expert here. So uh, we barely covered this in a few minutes, you know, in our conversation already, but I would want, to know in depth about the self-love journey you had with yourself and the messages that you have been, you know, spreading around self-love.
1: Okay, uh, <laughs> I think uh, that was uh, that time when you know that uh, that was the lowest phase of my life. So a lot of things happened, and uh, for everything, I was blaming myself. So. If people bullied me, I was blaming myself. If uh, my dog died, like my first pet died during that time, like those six months, you I had all kinds of suffering in those six months and it was literally deadly. and I was blaming myself if some if uh, when I failed in clearing com- competitive exams, I blamed myself. You know, if you're uh, if uh, you're going through some uh, personal stuff at home, like if your parents are going through something and you are also you're also part of it, your whole family is breaking and you're unable to study. You can't focus at that time. So how can you expect yourself to perform well in exams? But I was blaming myself for everything, literally for everything, and I don't know by God's grace, I somehow i don't know if it was a video or if it was a book that made me look at things differently but once i understood that everything that happens doesn't really happen because of you some things happen because they have to you can't control them it's like weather you can't control the weather so that was an epiphany that i had which changed uh, my mindset about myself and I, I realize that if I don't respect myself and if I don't treat myself nicely, then nobody's going to do that because at the end of the day, it's your life and you have to take full responsibility and full ownership of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you for sharing this. First of all, secondly, uh, when you were saying I uh, was having a couple of questions around, you know, Uh, okay, understand where you're coming from. Uh, And after, you know, you practiced a lot of it, you started, you know, like shouting out in the public that, you know what, this is what you need. This is what I have been through. This is what you need as well. And again, you know, like I have been doing that as well. I have gone through a couple of things. I've learned a couple of things. And, you know, like I really believe in sharing that, you know what, don't try to invent pulp again. If it's already invented, just, you know, like, take use, it. use it. So <laughs> you don't have to, you know, like design the wheel again. It's already developed. Yeah. So uh, when did that start? Like, and how did it start when you started sharing publicly? Because I believe uh, if you have been a shy person, if you have been through mm-hmm. a really low phase, you mm-hmm. might be someone who would not want to share even a picture of yourself online.
1: Yeah.
0: So from there for, for to the, someone, yeah, from there to someone who is, you know, like posting a lot of uh, vulnerable stories and sharing a lot of stuff online. How did that journey happen?
1: That happened. See, that happened because I practiced it in my own life. Otherwise, how can you expect a shy girl from a small town to talk about such an esoteric uh, topic in front of? like in front of the world it's it's mind-blowing in itself that is a proof that it works and I, I am the proof so I just shared my story and I think uh, when I Cora was really helpful during that time because when I started writing on Cora, a, a lot of people resonated with what I was saying and there were a lot of people who made fun of me I remember I uh gave a talk at NIT Trichy and when I talked about self-love a few back, uh, backbenchers they they said something about masturbation and they started giggling and it was embarrassing in the beginning to explain people what I was talking about but that, that's what, that pushed me even harder because that made me realize that people are not even aware about it yeah. so that gave me one more reason to try harder. <laughs>
0: I never thought, you know, I never related these two words. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'll come back to the one part of the previous question that when did it start? Was there a particular one moment where, you know, you shared this one stuff? So you mentioned that it started on Quora and you, you know, Quora mm-hmm. was really helpful. But was was there one particular incident that really inspired you to write more? Did any of your answers go viral?
1: No, uh, I think yes. Yeah, I I wrote an answer about my self love transformation, which really went viral like crazy viral (laughs) and uh. There were a lot of people who were bashing me in the comments because I had uploaded a picture before and after and they were like, you look beautiful here, you look beautiful here. I was like, dude, it has nothing to do with the picture, with my mindset, my posture and the confidence. See, you can see confidence on a person on their face. It's. It was not about how beautiful I looked or how ugly I looked. It's about what I felt at that moment and how I... Uh, how. I mean, it was like the whole mindset thing that I was talking about, which attracted a lot of traffic.
0: So because you mentioned, you know, Cora was really helpful at, you know, I kind of started thinking how my journey was. That's why I asked, you know, like, was your motivation based on one of the viral answers? So, and this is something that I had never, you know, kind of uh, thought before. And it's funny. I started writing on Cora and it was random topics. I used to write about cricket or I don't know, something, something. And then, so what happened? I had a huge crush on a girl when I entered college. And instead of talking to her, I, I rather write about her. So I used to write so many answers on Quora, and It went so, you know, like a couple of them went viral. And <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I started writing. And I'm, you know, one of those people who started writing because, you know, they'd rather write about it than to confront the, perp- you know, person who they are writing about. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> so anyway, uh, talking about self, self-love, what are the most common uh, mistakes for the lack of better word, what are the most common mistakes or ignorance that people have? Mm,
1: I, I think instant gratification. A lot of people, they think if I mean, people ask me, "So Shreya, I want to treat myself. I want to engage in self-care, and I want to eat pizza. Should I eat pizza? See, eating pizza once in a while is fine, but at the end of the day, it's your body. It's it's your temple. How do you want to treat it? And uh, I think, and there are some really funny mistakes people make. They buy themselves expensive things, you know, they would buy themselves high-end perfume and baths, but they would spend time with people who are not good for them, who are making them feel like they are doing something wrong. So it's funny when you look at these examples. Uh,
0: Because you mentioned, you know, like, uh, so I have a relevant kind of related question to this where is the line between, you know, like self-love and self-care versus being selfish? Where is the line? Like, you know, what are the differences between when you can say that this person is, you know, in the self-love zone or this person is actually acting selfish?
1: Okay. See, self-love, if you look at self-love, it's a very intricate thing. It's something that you share with yourself and it, it Uh, how to explain it so nobody's involved in this uh, relationship with which you share with yourself so you don't compare yourself with other people you don't try to become like them so it's it's what you try to do with yourself for yourself so you try to become a better than what you were yesterday so there is no point of being comparing or getting uh, you know jealous of what the other person has or whatever they are doing, they their like, what people do is uh, they start comparing. So, sorry. I, what was your question again?
0: It's okay. So my question was, you know, like uh, how do you draw a line between being in self-love zone versus being selfish?
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, see, uh, when you, a person who loves himself, he understands what it feels like to be, what it feels like to take care of someone. So, if you, if a person who is gone through poverty, he understands the meaning of uh, money. He spends it wisely. He's very careful with that. So, when you are uh, on a journey of self love, you understand who you are and uh, you uh, also become very kind, you become very um, uh, you gain this uh, feelings of empathy, you know you become a kinder version of yourself, so that's when you become kind to other people because when you love
0: does that mean, you know if a person is acting a lot of selfish behaviors, does that mean he does not understand self-love enough?
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, all people I've seen who are really who have healthy relationship with themselves they have a healthy relationship with other people because you don't have to become selfish because uh, when you are practicing that it's it's a very i mean it's very messy definition but once you have have gone through that journey i think for me self love has made me much calmer much kinder and i have tried to i try to be nice to people and i've seen people who have uh, you know practiced it and have healthy healthy relationship they are much nicer to other people than those who do not uh,
0: i totally agree and you know uh, with whatever you mentioned so in the past as i mentioned you know i have passed on my trauma to a lot of other people you know whoever was around me my friends my uh, partners or whoever So uh, at that moment, obviously I was totally out of sync with self-love, but I was acting a lot selfish. So I thought that, you know, like all whatever I'm doing is in my best interest and probably it was not. And when, you know, like, again, then I learned self-love as part of the whole journey. I, one thing that I really needed to learn, and I have gone through therapy for this as well, that I needed to learn to be self compassionate. Okay. And that's when the story changed for me. So I realized that, you know, this is the area, this is the clear boundary, that this is, you know, like a self love boundary that I don't, I'm not going to pick any calls between 11 to 12. Let's say it's my meditation time or whatever. Uh, but it's not a selfish thing. It's a self-love thing. Like if I'm not able to uh, create a boundary, a healthy boundary for myself, I'm not going to be able to create a boundary with somebody else. Right? So uh, thank you for sharing that. If someone is going through a really, really tough time, okay, at the moment, if they're going through a really tough phase and they think that they are a victim or they are blaming themselves or someone, where do they start with self-love? What should be the number one activity that they need to do?
1: Uh, There are two kinds of pain that I have discovered. Like it's my own theory. I don't know if it works for everyone. So one kind of pain is something that is natural, like you met with an accident, your grandmother died. So these kinds of pain are natural. You can't do anything about it. The other kind of pain is something that you've caused in your life. Like you dating an asshole, that was your mistake. People told you not to date him. You dated him, that was your mistake. You failed an exam because you didn't study for it and now you're in pain. So that was caused by you, you were responsible for that. So if you're going through some pain, First of all, identify what has drive that pain. If it's natural, then you need to learn that you can't do anything about it. Second thing is if it's caused by you, you need to accept it and know that you have caused it. So you have the ability to uh, you know work on it and change the current situation. So these are two things and I think can
0: you, uh, can you term these as avoidable pain and unavoidable pain?
1: We can yeah, yeah. that's a good uh, terminology, yeah, we can do that got it, But uh, no, no, I think uh, and after that if it's something that you can't control then giving time, uh, giving a, uh, a situation some time automatically heals you and give you a bigger picture about what's coming and what's gone so i think people try to get over pain really fast they want to just get out of it but i think once you sit down with pain and you know become friends with them because life is all about suffering Buddhists have you know there's a buddha saying about suffering and life and once you accept it like once you know okay like this is the problem once you meet the problem face to face it doesn't have any control over you but as long as you ignore it then it becomes like a boogeyman beneath your bed but you have to go ha- head on
0: how do you sit with your pain you mentioned that you know you need to sit with your pain how do you do that
1: so if you're going through something what a lot of people do is they would call their friend you know this happened and blah 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 and they would uh, I mean, you know what happens after a breakup? Suppose if a girl uh, goes through a breakup, what does she do? She calls her best friend, then they a bitch about the boy, and then they plan on going on a party, and then, you know, trying to hit on some new guys, and <laughs> go shopping, go for movies, and all of that. But that, that's that what, you know, when you do this, you're suppressing your feelings. You're Just suppressing acting, your feelings. Up. Yeah, because you're not feeling it yeah you're trying to distract yourself and you're trying to do something else instead of you know facing it but what you ought to be doing is you need to sit down you need to sit alone you have to cry about it like just feel what you're feeling write about it let it let it Soak all these emotions. Go through it. Once you sit down and do all these practices, what happens is you become home with those feelings. And once you become, uh, you know, okay with these feelings, then they can't haunt you later. So, if I when I'm I, when I talk to my clients and they tell me that you know I have this feeling, most of their uh, feelings and things that are bothering them are traumas from childhood. Yeah because their parents treated them this way. And, you know, my boyfriend left me when I was 18 or 16 and they never sat down and wrote about it or cried about it or talked about it to themselves. And once we do that, we do not need therapists. Seriously, why do people go to therapy? Because they want someone to listen to them. For if you could just listen to yourself?
0: So I have a personal method. I'm I'm not sure I'm also inviting a therapist for, you know, <laughs> one of the conversations. So I'll be asking uh, her about this as well. But I have this personal theory and I have tried on myself, I've tried on my clients as well, that when I'm having a terrible day, uh, i rather not work on it right away. But the key to doing that is, you know, like being aware, okay, I am going through something tough. I am going through some pain and this is the pain. And this is the moment where it's okay for me to distract myself for a bit. Let me come back to it again in a day or two, or let me, you know, like assign it a time on calendar that let's work on it that time. But right now I'm having a terrible day. I don't want to work on it. I rather have a good meal i rather, you know, go out and eat something good. Uh, so far, it has worked for me. And I believe it cannot work if you're not aware of it. I'm not sure if it's a healthy way to do it. But I believe... So uh, this is, you know, based on this belief that uh, ta- giving it time might not necessarily heal this, but giving yourself some time or distraction, you know, again, consciously might fill your head with something other than the problem yeah what are your thoughts about it
1: See emotions feelings life it's not a formula it's not a mathematical formula that fits everywhere so every person is different so some things work for someone some things do not work for other people As long as you are okay with what you're doing, as long as you are not harming yourself, I think it's good enough. And there is no timeline. Like if you are a breakup, there's no like, no, I have to cry and I have to get over it. You do what works best for you. There is no hard and fast rule.
0: Uh, What's the easiest step to practice self-love? What is the easiest activity?
1: the best thing is to talk to yourself like you would talk to someone you love the most. For me, uh, it, it's my mother. So, you know, I previously I used to be like, if I made a stupid, even a stupid, mistake, stupid little mistake, I would call myself a loser and I would scream at myself like, what the hell, you can't do anything. You are so bad. You're stupid, you're dumb, whatnot. But after that, I just... I've I've started respecting myself so much, you know, like even if I've made like a hundred dollar mistake or what, whatever, I, I, I don't shout at myself because you need to understand that, you know, what control your life, what control you is that voice in your head, that inner dialogue that keeps going on, you know, that inner voice. So I've made that voice very friendly. Now that voice loves me and that Voice tells me to do great things for myself and things that are beneficial for me. So I think the first would be to change that negative cycle that's going on in your mind. And to do that, you have to treat yourself like you treat someone you love, like your mom or like your best friend or your boyfriend, anyone.
0: So uh, my question is, um, is the voice totally changed into a certain kind of... uh, theme or is it like you know you're always having negative and positive positive thoughts but you are consciously choosing to you know entertain the positive ones and you know like uh, not entertain the negative ones is it that way or do you uh, are you saying that over the time you can train your voice to actually think you know one particular kind of way it's
1: possible we need to understand that it's not a code you don't just run it and expect it to work same in all the situation it's it's your voice it's the u- human thing and sometimes it's all positive and even though i teach people about self-love but i also have that voice sometimes when i go through you know something terrible or if i fail at a, at a small task but you have to make that decision whether you would let it empower you or whether you will control it so you have to choose who is the master you Either you could be the master or that voice.
0: I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, And this has its roots in the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, coming back to the self-love part, uh, how would someone recognize that they are being victim or that they're playing victim or that they're blaming themselves a lot? How would someone realize that?
1: If you're blaming yourself for everything, like uh, if you know, if suppose I had a breakup and I say, "Oh God, I'm I'm such a loser. That's why he left me," or I failed an exam. Okay, I am this. That's why I failed. I'm so dumb. Or if uh, I couldn't finish a task, if I say that I am, I'm. I'm not good enough and that's why i failed it that means you are putting yourself in a victim uh, chair you, you are looking at it as a victim mindset but on the other hand you need to talk about things that have caused it so i had a breakup because my relationship with my boyfriend was not good i failed that exam because my mind was elsewhere I failed, uh, I couldn't finish an office task because I couldn't concentrate. So can you see the difference? Instead of uh, blaming yourself, instead of making yourself the victim, find out the problem that has caused it. It could be a skill, it could be that one thing. Instead of telling your entire, you know, being that you are wrong, what are you saying to your subconscious mind and to your a critique.
0: Yes, thank you for sharing that. So uh, moving on to this very topic, but uh, uh, so I have seen this in my clients as well that uh, creating a boundary is a really big you know uh, task in the whole self-love journey. Uh, what is your way to create a boundary? What do you usually advise to someone you know, coach people about if they need to know how to create a boundary?
1: Uh, creating a boundary is to separate the negativity, the toxicness of, of people around you or your surrounding. So for me, I think for me, my time is very important. And I think that's one thing you can't ever get back. So I create, I think, and if a person respects my time, that means he respects me. So my boundary for them is uh, if I have given some time for interview and, you know, like if I ask them to meet me at a certain time, at a certain place, if that person uh, gets late by, let's say, five minutes, that's okay. But if they come an hour late, so first time I would, uh, I would, be pissed and I would let them know that I'm pissed but if that happens again and again that means I am not respecting myself enough I'm not respecting my time so then I would try to be uh, I would try to cut loose of that person and that's how you create your boundary for see Hmm. for you your life you need to understand that you are nothing but you are the center of the universe you are everything and you are nothing. There's a Sanskrit uh, mantra, "Aham brahmasmi. I am the universe. So even if people tell you that you are not the center of the universe, maybe you are not, but what if you are? <laughs> anyway, that is a discussion for a whole another time. But you need to understand that you are important and how you respect and how you... Uh, treat yourself, that creates a boundary within itself. Now, people know that Shreya won't entertain such thoughts. So, my boundary is automatically created.
0: Uh, How do you create boundaries in a relationship? Like, uh, you mentioned one part that, you know, if you have to create a boundary around your time, let's say, the time that you're giving to someone. How do you create a boundary in a relationship about certain conversations? or certain tone of language or certain behavior? Mm, Okay.
1: For most of my time, I think uh, behavior of, uh, can you repeat that again? I missed
0: it. So it's okay. Um, As I, I just asked that, how do you create a boundary in a relationship? A boundary around the behavior you would not want or a boundary around the tone of voice that you would not appreciate or the kind of words that you know or the topic of conversation that you don't want to have how do you create such by
1: by being vocal about it imagine you you're planning to spend time with this person and if you know that you don't like this then tell them i uh, i mean in the beginning uh, when i started dating i would not tell people what i didn't like i was like i was quiet most of the time but uh you need to understand that if you don't tell the other person what you don't like they would never know so if you uh, don't ask for it you're not never gonna get it
0: and so be open what do you do if they cross your boundary
1: you try to explain them
0: how many times i'm just trying to you know understand that what is the whole procedure of creating a boundary so you, what you mentioned, yeah. one of the times was, you know, like how to create a boundary around time or, you know, like around, mm-hmm. let's say that, you know what, uh, I'm living in my home and my, uh, parents know that for these one or two hours that I'm going to have an interview, they are not allowed, right. To enter the room because I'm having a conversation. They are not allowed to talk loudly in during this time. Otherwise I belong to a Punjabi family. We usually talk out loud a lot. So this is, you know, like a kind of boundary I have created. I, tell them every day that you know from this time to this time i'm going to lock my door and i'm going to record something so if you shout this is going to be you know like uh, a terrible experience for me and you again the kind of boundary i have set uh, what would be your method or you know like i'm just trying to understand that how do you help a client who needs to set a boundary because i believe in a relationship uh, you know when you are in a relationship with your family or with your partner or whatever setting boundary is going to be a really big part of your self love journey
1: yeah yeah, and I think that's when self awareness come into picture so if you know this is the kind of person you are and this is what you need you would try to find people who who are okay with that and I have people like I've pract- I've been practicing self-love since a very long time and I have dated people after that and they have respected my boundaries they understand what I uh, you know what I like and what I don't and they have given me my share of freedom so when you are in a very healthy relationship your spouse your partner they try to help you out with everything like your family they are so understanding And if your partner is understanding enough, he will try to make sure that you don't feel like, you don't feel uh, like ambushed or you don't feel like somebody's crossing that boundary. So I think it's a very personal question. It totally depends on those two people who are in that relationship and how compatible they are. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in love and when you are with someone that you truly admire, you, yourself uh, get rid of those boundaries so it, it is a very you know a private thing
0: okay uh thank you for sharing you know all the learnings around self-love uh i, I know that you are a, an avid reader and you have been reading for a long time now you have written books and i have not seen a lot of writers or maybe even any writer who have not you know who is not a reader first uh, when did you start reading books
1: i love this topic books have been my friends since i was maybe 10 11 i remember uh, in school when we used to have this scholastic book something and uh, i i mean that was the time i was uh, always looking forward for my library classes you know, we, because we had very limited books at home, and those were like geek stuff, and the only opportunity I used to get to read good books was a school library, so that's when we used to read Hardy Boys, Famous Five, Nancy Drew, and that's when I picked it up, and since I was an introvert, and I- preferred keeping things to myself so books became an important part of my life they actually became my friends and they have helped me get this far.
0: how has your reading taste changed over the years
1: oh god drastically <laughs> i started reading uh, kids children's book then some novels and then self uh, self-improvement self-help a lot of self-help then I got into business, book, a lot of business and leadership. Now I'm more into, I'm reading a bunch of different things. Like I, I read across the genres. I read a lot and various different topics. So currently I'm reading a book on the future of technology. I'm reading a book on Shiva. I'm reading uh, uh, Naval's book. I'm reading... Uh, some healing book so i read a bunch of books together
0: me too and that's how i read you know like <laughs> i have a like stack of books maybe five six on my nightstand and i randomly pick one every. yeah uh what is one of the most under appreciated or underrated book that you have read that you feel that it's not you know like it should be more popular or people don't appreciate it enough
1: I, I think I have it right here. Wait, Give me a second. So I read this book uh, last year and I, I've read this twice ever since then. So this is uh, Zen and the, art, and of the art of Happiness. This is a short book, but it, it's mind-blowing and I'm not sure why people don't talk about it enough. I don't book.
0: Talk about it then. What it What was the one thing that, you know, like really surprised you from the book?
1: uh, I've been thinking about having your own philosophy for life because everything we follow, like you need to get married at 24. So this is something that people created a few centuries back or in fact, few decades back, you don't know. So everything we are being told key, no, you have to get up at five. No, you have to eat this at this time. You have to wear that, you have to do that. Everything is being given to us. So we are just doing what we were asked to. So, you know, like imagine you're a computer and somebody uh, put some programming on you and that's how you're living. But having your own philosophy allows you to think from a first principle. It allows you to ask, why should I do that? So that that book doesn't really get uh, deep into it, but it talks about how having your own philosophy, having your own principles can help you lead a better and fulfilling life.
0: Uh, because we also mentioned, you know, like uh, the beliefs are going to upgrade every year or every month or, you know, with mm-hmm. all the experiences. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, this year only, and I'm, I'm really surprised. I'm mentioning Coach Tony in almost every video of mine. So uh, I am doing a course of him. It's you know like a year-long course. And so one of the practices he had, so for full one month in December, his theme of the course was uh, annual reviews. So doing your annual review, you uh, he asked to you know do this one activity to write down your Kodak uh, White I I don't know the exact pronunciation or even the word. So it's basically the book of your life. So what do you eventually yeah. do is you write down your beliefs about love, about family, about business, your personal principles around, you know, again, self-love, around reading, learning, and all that. And, uh, you know, you upgrade it once a year or twice a year whenever you feel comfortable. And I believe that's what you, you know, meant and how, it yeah. right. So you, uh,
1: you remember when we started, I talked about how everything is connected. Now that you've mentioned that, I want to say that I have, I've been doing dream journaling, you know, where you have all your visions. So in that dream journal, I have my own uh, philosophy, like your own uh, curriculum. What was that?
0: Book, life. Book oh. of life.
1: Book of life. Yeah. So I call it my book of life. And I have certain things that are very close to me and something that I follow in my life rigorously. So like everything is kind of connected.
0: Totally agree. And uh, what is the one book you wish you had written? Choose
1: Yourself by James Tucha.
0: Choose Yourself? Yes. Good. And... uh, i haven't asked this question uh, previously to anybody else and i'm also kind of thinking the answer to this question and i believe i would write you know the subtle art of not giving a fuck because that resonates a lot with my own philosophy okay great and uh, so if somebody is a new reader uh, or you know like they So there are different kinds of readers. Some people who read for entertainment and some people read because they need to read. You know, they don't have a choice. Like they need to get some learning or some lessons. So if there is someone who, let's say, want to learn more about self-love or need to learn more about self-love, where should they start? What are the books you recommend? Uh,
1: I think Louis K. Yes. The founder of Hay House Publications, she has written a lot on self love. So she, uh, I think, I have only read her books, and to be very honest, and she's written amazing stuff. Apart from that, I need to wait for my book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Choose Yourself is also a self love book if i'm not
1: wrong uh, but it's it's it doesn't talk about the mindset it's talk about choosing yourself in the world of internet so it's completely different like it's slightly different from uh, different uh, for people who want to learn how to uh, practice self love into their lives
0: so if i'm understanding the so the one book that i have read from Louis say, so she has a book, You Can Heal Your Life, right? Heal Your
1: Life, yeah.
0: And that book is a lot about mindset, you know, the mindset mm-hmm. shifts you need. And I believe the uh, Choose Yourself is a lot about your career and growth.
1: It, yes, exactly. It's very uh, marketing. You know, these are the books uh, A very practical guides, but it's uh, in, in leadership and in business category. Yeah other than self-help
0: so yeah that's why i didn't say to yourself yes i i remember james Altucher touched briefly about the strategies for personal self-love so he mentions that you know sleep eight hours and walk Mm -hmm. regularly so he has a really famous quote that uh you know when you're not uh so when you are unwell when you're ill when you're sick you cannot help anyone. You cannot even help yourself. So get healthy first yourself. So, yeah. yeah uh, yes. So the Louis Hay will be probably the first books you would want to read to, you know, get into the mindset mm-hmm. And then yeah. again, James Sultry is a magician with his words. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Any uh, other authors that you really love uh, what they talk about around Mm, self-love.
1: Not really. No, I don't know. Not really.
0: Uh, Have you written? Okay. You were thinking, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's okay. Continue. I can't recall any name.
0: It's perfectly fine. So, uh, you, have you written specifically about self-love? I know you have a journal around it.
1: No. So Silver Lining Journal is more about journaling and you know finding yourself through journaling. It's about self-awareness. And the second book is Self-Love Poetry. So uh, I'm actually, I, I have plans on writing self-love book because I, I have this theory which has helped me and a lot of people. And I think it needs to be shared because what I have in mind has, uh, I mean, it's totally different than what's available. So I have ideas, but I haven't uh, written about it yet in a book form.
0: When can we expect the book?
1: I think next year, or maybe this year, and I don't know. So this is something that I don't want to rush, you know, because I know this is going to be the book that people will remember for so many years. So I want to give it my 100% and no rushing. So I'm taking my sweet time.
0: So uh, how do you deal with criticism? Because you practice creativity in a lot of forms, visually or, you know, in written form, you also have your podcast. How do you deal with criticism?
1: Uh, I love criticism. Uh, so, you know, when somebody comments negative on your stuff, that says a lot about them, than you. That means uh, that person is consuming your stuff, and most of my stuff is available for free online. So I am actually doing a good thing for the humanity. And my purpose is to help people. So even if one person is getting help, my, my objective is fulfilled. So... Either I can think about the person who commented something nice on my video or I can think about a person who commented something negative on my video and it happens all the time. So I have to choose every day whether I want to focus on that person or that internet stranger that I don't care about and he's not even in my target audience. So if people, you know, people in your target audience will never leave negative feedback And people who are not, just remember they are pissed with themselves. That's why they're trying to pull people down on the internet.
0: And how do you draw a line between feedback and criticism? Like, how do you differentiate between these
1: two? So Warren Buffett has a rule about criticism. He says, when you criticize a person, criticize them on their skill, and when you appreciate appreciate someone for something, appreciate the person. So imagine if I have written a great article, you should say that you are a great writer. But if my article is bad, then you should not say that you are a loser, you can't write. You should say that, you know, uh, this article that you wrote, I think you could have added this, or you could have done this better. So there is a way to communicate. Uh, how you want i mean there's a way to communicate how you can uh, help them better the article or you know uh, to make them i mean see at the end of the day you want them to become better whatever you're giving your feedback on so it's better if you give them a feedback which they can work on like a step-by-step process other than just telling them that you're a loser
0: So I understand, you know, uh, what you mentioned and this needs to be, you know, like uh, spread out as a message that, you know what, this is how you give criticism or, you know, this is how you should give feedback or whatever. Uh, You get comments on your video. I want to, you know, particularly know about this. Uh, How do you differentiate that? Okay, this is a feedback or, okay, this is a criticism and I need to avoid this. I need to think more about this. How do you uh, do that?
1: Uh, so, there is a simple thing that I have followed. So, if somebody is uh, giving a feedback, it, so, so, a feedback allows you to get better at what you do. And a criticism pulls you down. It makes you feel horrible. So, I remember I have some followers who have been following me since ever since I started posting content. So, uh, this person, he told me that the voice in my video was... Uh, not right and there were a lot of disturbances okay and uh, there was this another person who said why do you make videos they're horrible you don't even know what to talk and all of that bullshit so it's clear you know somebody who's trying to help you you can figure out by what they write a feedback allows you to get better at what you do it gives you direct it uh it touches the problem like the music or the voice was wrong. So he mentioned that. On the other hand, a person, he's just trying to pull you down.
0: Got it. Uh, Okay, thank you for sharing that. I believe it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. Uh, You mentioned, you know, having one, having your own life philosophy, or having your own life theory. What are your uh, theory points around creativity?
1: I think creativity is the magic of life. We all are creative, you know, but the question is whether we allow ourselves to be creative or not. If you put yourself in a box, you would never be able to explore what lies outside of the box. And a lot of people do that. I know that you have a job. I understand that you have responsibilities, but it's also your responsibility to... Show your creativity to the world because you don't know who needs it. I mean, we are recording this video. We don't know which, uh, you know, we don't know who's going to listen to it and change their life completely. So we are doing our best to share what we have learned. And it's not these just motivational talks or these coaching sessions. It's also through music or through art or through written words or through your core or through your product so that's your that's that's your responsibility because you need to create something that lives after your after you've died
0: yeah makes total sense and uh i have read partially about this theory in perennial seller by ryan holiday have you read the book no i haven't So the book is about, you know, creating art that transcends time. Like, you know, some things that are going to be classics always like uh, My Heart Will Go On from Titanic that that song is going to be classic. Uh, Or
1: The Meditation by Marcus Aurelius. Imagine ran
0: 3000
1: BC and we still read it.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. And the kind of things that Shakespeare has done or Hemingway or Whatever, so yeah. uh, yes, um, I also believe in that creating something for the others. Okay, so uh, I just got a little mesmerized with the concept. What are the theory points you have in your life? Let's say you know, like uh, from one life area uh, about, let's say romantic romantic relations or dating. What are your beliefs?
1: I have what kind of beliefs?
0: Or, you know, what is your theory about it?
1: I think uh, a partner should... A partner is important and uh, I truly believe that a partner who believes in your vision can 100x the results, can bring so much enlightenment into your life. And I think having a partner is having a spiritual, it's more like a spiritual re- relationship. So that's something which is very important for me. And see, uh, it's not a, it, it's such a complex and it's a big topic in itself yeah. because yeah. you are uh, planning to spend the rest of your life with this one person. You are going to wake up every day with him for the rest of your life, eat so many meals with him and crazy how people can just uh, get married because they want to or because they have to but it's such a big decision and I think more than I mean it's 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 a spiritual bond and if two people if they are genuinely meant for each other they can not not only create their own families but they can bring so much value to the entire world so i don't know if i can yeah. answer yeah. your question because, uh,
0: I, because you know i have a particular topic that i would want to talk about in you know with you so there is one the holistic psychologist so, so you know she's quite yeah. big. You, you know her so uh, she's a therapist and she writes a lot about relationships so she yesterday shared a post which, you know, really caught my interest. So she had a post, a carousel on Instagram. Relationship statuses to normalize. So one relationship status was intentionally single. A conscious choice to not engage in a romantic relation. Number two, a polyamorous. Uh, the practice of engaging in intimate relationships with multiple partners. Who are with all consent. And then there was, you know, uh, like multiple relations or short relations or big one-time relation. And then there was uh, flow exploration, meeting plus new people, plus exploring relationships without commitment. And, you know, the way she mentioned that we need to normalize this, that it's okay to, you know, let's say uh, have intimate relationship with multiple partners with obviously all consent and be honest about it. Or, you know, like being in a journey with, let's say, you know, flow exploration that you are exploring relationships and you're not committing or marriage by design. Again, uh, it, you know, gives you a kind of, uh, it knocks on the belief system that we usually as a society have a marriage that is chosen for various factors that might not center around love or commitment in the traditional sense or then a committed partnership, a partnership that is chosen for long-term monogamous commitment that does not involve marriage. So, (laughs) it it was a really, you know, a kind of an interesting eye-opener. Like, I haven't thought about it in this way. Either, you know, you can be, like, let's say, consciously single, it's perfectly okay to be single because I have been in that zone for one and a half year. And I understood it's okay to, you know, like, let's say date people but it was really interesting that you know we need to normalize this even more it should not be a black and a white thing like black thing you know like Mm -hmm. be single or be with one person throughout your life or that kind of stuff what are your thoughts about it i (laughs) I know i might be putting you on spot here
1: (laughs) no see that's not uh You know, that's what I was talking about, that everything we've been following has been fed to us. There was nothing that we came up with. Like, you don't know why you wear clothes. You're wearing because everyone else is wearing. So, (laughs) uh, So if you have your own philosophy, your personal philosophy, and you believe that you need to date 100 people before you get married, so you go out and date 100 people before getting married as long as you're not hurting anyone. So that is what you should be doing. So it all comes down to what you choose for yourself and what kind of a life you want to live in. So if somebody's okay with marrying the first person they meet, then it should be okay. I mean, it's yeah. it's your life. You should live in the way you want to live. Don't listen to two random strangers on the internet telling you how to live your life. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> use your brain.
0: What has been your, you know, uh, learnings in life or beliefs that you have changed yourself? That initially, you know, you were taught by the society, but later on you figured, you know what, this is not working for me and I would rather do X. What has been those? Can you share one of them?
1: Everything. uh, Everything that I do in life, I try to know the reason behind it. So why? I mean when i was going from bhopal to bangalore my relatives were not okay because imagine my mother was a single parent and my relatives thought that it would be better for me to stay in bhopal and do some random degree and get married and that was that was the norm set by them and i was like me and my mother is pretty supportive and we thought about it and we were like no I, I need to do what I want to do with my life. So I just did, did what felt was right for me. I took my own decision and that was one thing. And then now it's related to marriage. People think that a girl should get married by this age and that age. Why do I listen to them? I will live my life the way I want to. And even when I was leading engineering, so I have, <laughs> I have lived a life that is totally opposite to the status quo. I'm trying to build my own thing, fighting with the dogma, fighting with the boundaries. And, you know, I'm just trying to find out what's best for me. I'm trying to explore. And I think that is what life is all about.
0: I can relate to a couple of points around that. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to know about this one thing. Um, When did you start coaching or, you know, how did you find clients or when was the time around that?
1: Uh, I think uh, it's been two and a half years. I started, since I started coaching, a lot of my clients come from Coda because that's something I, I have a lot, a lot of audience there. So a lot of my clients come from Coda and a lot of references. So, yeah.
0: And are you still accepting clients at the moment?
1: Yes, I
0: am. Okay, okay. I just wanted to know because somebody who's watching this may need some help. And what do you coach about particularly, or what is your principles of coaching, and how does it work for your clients?
1: Uh, see, you hire a coach because you have a different uh, situation. Otherwise, you can just pick up a book about self love, or a watch, or what, watch this video and learn everything. But people come with various baggages they come with custom problems so they need custom results so some people have issues with being alone because you know like there are n numbers of problems that people have so my approach is uh, tailor made according to their issues which primarily works on the principle of building a healthy relationship with themselves so some people need it in their careers because they have low self-esteem. They have so low self-worth that they don't feel like asking for a raise, or they don't feel comfortable going out for interviews because of their low self-esteem. So we work on that area. Then we work on self-confidence. And I also talk to a lot of entrepreneurs because some, you know, when you are in an uh, in a in a startup journey, you don't believe in yourself after some first few months, and then. Uh, you need to remind yourself that no you your idea and you are worth then quitting so so different kinds of problems require different kinds of results
0: what has been the you know most drastic transformation you have seen in one of your clients
1: Mm, okay so I uh I a couple of years back I had a client who was uh Sexually abused, and uh, she was uh, living in that you know in that phase, and she couldn't get out of it. But then we tried to help. Uh, I mean, we tried a lot of uh, you know self discovery, and we tried a lot of journaling and a lot of self talk. So she was basically stuck in that loop. So it was going on in her head, and uh, then she uh, we decided that you know she can choose to live a different life because she's living in the past and we did some exercises and then she actually got over it and that was I think that's been the biggest success I've seen in my journaling career sorry in my coaching career
0: Uh, on a personal note a personal note this has also been a kind of, you know, I have had a same kind of client who uh, came out to me around this part that, you know, what I was sexually abused. And uh, the abuser was one of her close relative and in her home and she was in lockdown. So just imagine how, you know, like how terrible that situation must have been for her. And it was really interesting to see that, you know, uh, she had this, she got this opportunity that I was, you know, like I coached only 200 people and there are like billions of people on online uh, in the world. And she got the opportunity to work with a coach, like not just me or with anyone, but she got the opportunity. So it was uh, good to know that when things were really, really terrible she had an opportunity so thank you for sharing that uh, if i may ask personally what do you think you are, you know what are your goals for the next two to five years or what are the things you want to try or achieve or something one of them is book i know publishing the self-love book what else
1: i want to start my own company And I'm not sure about what it could be related to personal development mindset or something. So that I'm working on currently and I want to get married in the next five years. Yeah, And uh, I think, yeah, and retire. Yes. (laughs) I want to be financially free in the next three years.
0: Great. That's a wonderful goal to have. And, uh, just summarizing, if somebody has to check your profile out and I'm going to put the, put the link in the description, uh, where should they check out you first? Which platform?
1: I, I think you can check me out anywhere. I, uh, I would advise you to, I think LinkedIn would be great but you can check out my podcast if you want to consume some content or youtube so i'm available anywhere so whichever platform suits you the best
0: great and i have personally loved your instagram captions so if you know you are coming from my recommendation i'd you know i'd divert you to the to shreyas instagram profile so thank you so much we almost you know it's almost 2 hours
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: We didn't realize. I told you. <laughs> so thank you so much for, you know, having this conversation with me. I personally learned a lot. And uh, let's see when we can do it again. Thank you so Definitely. much.
1: Definitely. Thank you for having me, Dipanshu. All yeah. the best with your new game.
0: <laughs> thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.